0: What's going on, guys? My name is Gabe. And I'm Matt. And this is the Tentacle Bot Podcast, and uh, we're going to be breaking down another album for you guys today. Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what we're breaking down.
1: So today we're actually reviewing the new record by the band Light the Torch called You Will Be the Death of Me. Um, This one was released on June 25th, 2021 through Nuclear Blast Records. Um, really quick, who is Light the Torch? Um, so, Light the Torch is composed of Howard Jones on vocals, um, and I apologize if I mispronounced the name, Francesco Ardusato on guitar, uh, Ryan Wombacher on bass, and then actually playing the drums on this one is Alex Rudinger from Whitechapel, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a fun little thing. Um, so, really quick, first impressions, Gabe, how are you feeling? Yeah, so
0: I had been following these guys since Howard formed them as Devil You Know. Um, They changed the name in 2017 due to legal issues with a former founding member because he felt like he had copyright Mm -hmm. to the name for being a part of it or something like that. So they changed it to Light the Torch to avoid those. Um, It never fails to put a smile on my face when I hear Howard Jones sing. He was just such a staple for so many people in metalcore growing up and hearing his voice with Killswitch Switch Engage that it just i never like fail to just think happy thoughts when i hear him his his voice yeah and um, it's a good album from the light the torch it's not super amazing but it's consistent it's powerful and it's a great addition to the light the torch discography mm-hmm. it honestly kind of feels like volbeat slowed down
1: and how had howard fronting it for a lot of the album which was really interesting that is interesting, actually. Um, I'll be completely honest. Initially, the first probably once or twice I had listened to the record, um, I didn't like it. Um, and I don't know what it was. I can't put my finger on what it was. But once I got a few listens through and I kind of started um, kind of breaking everything down as I was hooked pretty um, pretty quickly. Um, and really uh, just kind of jumping right into the musical review is... There were times on this record you could have told me this was actually released in the 1980s, and I would have believed you. Um, and this is also with the idea that, like, I had not known who Howard Jones was. There was a lot of classic metal vibes that I was getting on this record. What? <laughs> <laughs> there were. I was definitely getting, like, like I said, classic metal vibes on this one.
0: All right, we're just going to move past that, and <laughs> I'm going to go Okay. I, 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 I don't know what that was. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> um, So nothing in particular really stood out on this album besides mm-hmm. Howard's vocal capability. And That's fair. Th- this is going to be just a common theme throughout this entire record, or th- this review here, is I'm just going to be uh, just praising Howard's vocal capabilities mm-hmm. because I'm in love with the man's voice. Um but overall, it like, gets really enjoyable, and it's just filled to the brim with talent. The band all interact really well with each other and create a really tight-knit ensemble. Mm-hmm. And we get plenty of Howard's Screams, and I wish there were more of them, but I still got a health, uh, just a very healthy helping of them, and mm. it made me happy.
1: Yeah, and one thing that was nice that they brought in was some electronics, and they were kind of sparse, um, but it was very beautiful in the Absolutely composition. It was.
0: And and they introduced more and more of it as the later the record went on. And honestly, the latter half of the record is more of my favorite part of the record, okay. rather than the beginning. And um, I'm also a really big fan of like that neo wave, dark synth, gothic kind of uh, electronica music. Yeah. And like like think your 1980s B movie, spy movie kind of uh, kind of stuff. Like just I don't know what it is about it, but I just always been hooked on it. And this introduced elements of that, and I feel like that just was another way to kind of hook me into this record even mm-hmm. further. Um, so and I really enjoyed that.
1: Uh, how are you feeling lyrically on this album? So one of the quotes that I had uh, gotten from Howard is uh, he had stated, quote, the past few years have helped me to become more personal in my writing, end quote. Um, and you really see that lyrically. Um, the first question I thought, uh, you know, I was kind of looking at as I was seeing it is who hurt you, man? But there were also <laughs> the, the weird thing about it, too, is there were some lyrics where it was almost as if Howard was trying to, like, apologize for hurting others. Um and he he stated that he's um very much a loner um and you you know you kind of hear some of that with like let me fall apart and living with a ghost um and he tells these very personal themes throughout the record and he's able to fairly eloquently do it um and it it, it still like portray it tells the story but he's very um eloquent and kind of the, how he uses metaphors to kind of help tell that story. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So lyrically for me, the album was kind of middle of the road. Um, mm-hmm. It by no means was bad. Um, the, the point of the songs were for the most part, really easy to get across. Um, they just, felt kind of generic in some spots okay. as well as it just was repetitive and I'm not really a huge fan of repetitive lyrics kind of consistently throughout the album I, yeah. I like things to be shaken up and
1: just like you don't like when people sing about singing a song and songing a sing
0: that is correct yes it's one <laughs> of my many pet peeves yes <laughs> <laughs> that's why I hate the song Gucci Gang and the fact that it sat at number one for like six weeks straight on the US billboards is indicative of how our society is and why it deserves to burn anyway so we move on to the album art <laughs> (laughs)
1: Uh, That might have been the most... I think I'm getting some, like, mental whiplash. That was... Wow. Okay. I'm just saying...
0: Gucci gang bad. (laughs) Society bad for letting Gucci gang be good. No mas. (laughs) Um, The artwork on this album is, like, a really ornate cross with a skull in the center. Uh, It's more akin to, like, the red cross symbology rather than a crucifix due to the lack of the elongated lower line. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the band names above the record, the the image, and the uh, below is the album title. Uh, how are you feeling on this? What what did it make you feel,
1: Matt? So, um, actually, so the artist that did this one is Francesco, the guitarist. Oh um, no way! He actually did, he did the art on this one. Um, I had actually found it that out through I believe it was Art Station. Um, and it, he had posted it, and they unfortunately didn't go into detail, kind of what the um, what the it was supposed to kind of embed, uh, or at least what it was trying to portray in the art. Yeah, it didn't,
0: I didn't. I didn't really recognize any sort of significance in accordance with the band's imagery or anything mm-hmm. on the album. Um, it doesn't really appear to be a logo of significance for the band by any means. Yeah, but. no, I,
1: I was definitely getting the same thing. Is the only thing I could think of is um like various little nods to aspects of the record but it was it was it would be a far it would be kind of a far-fetched idea to try and like okay this would be probably for this song this would probably be for this song um i think having <clears throat> all the skulls in it is kind of probably the the best way to kind of indicate the uh, the you will be the death of me and just kind mm-hmm. of just implying the death part of it <laughs> Yeah, so
0: the and I'm gonna mention this a couple times throughout the track by track breakdown, but this album felt, I I, I would say it coincided coincides well with the album of Beauty and Rage by the band Red, mm-hmm. um, which was a, their 2015 release that okay. they had done, where it's it's very much more of like an orchestral kind of uh, symphonic kind of delivery, uh, and I I feel like it like I said like it doesn't it it, they don't sound similar mm-hmm. but they carry a lot of the same elements okay and so I, I'm gonna mention that a, a couple other times here but I feel like this kind of helps capture that as well where it's yeah. just really more of kind of it's ornate but the more and more you look into the details it's a little bit grittier and there's a little bit more pain a little bit more Mm -hmm. hurt behind it and it's it's both of beauty and it's of rage yeah and i I feel like that that's part of the reason that it coincides so well with that red album yeah which is a phenomenal record and i highly recommend it for anybody who hasn't heard it is uh, the album of beauty and rage from 2015 by the band red okay but let's go ahead and jump into the track by track breakdown right off uh right out the gate we come in with more than a more than dreaming matt how you on how are you feeling on this one
1: the thing i really liked about this is where other records that we've done here is the first song is used as a buildup and it's just kind of try, you know, um, like for example, the opening song of the love and death record is it was very much a kind of like slow build and like you kind of start to get an idea of what to expect. This was not that song. We get a full song straight out the gate. Um, and we're really, really quickly introduced to what to expect for the record, which is just really solid riffs.
0: Absolutely. the um, Out the gate, like we just get this heavy, beautiful, like almost Slipknot-esque riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Howard brings in his clean vocals and just adds the beautiful crooning that he's just most known yeah. for. Um, a, a thing to note about this album, and just light the torch in general, is to not expect Killswitch Engage. No. Um, I feel like at this point, he's been out of Killswitch Engage for so long that it's not really a point of concern anymore for them. Mm-hmm. That he's... Just that they're a Killswitch Engage knockoff band, which in reality they are absolutely not no, by any in means. No way. And I feel like a lot of that is in part due to just people holding on to the fact that Howard was really Killswitch Engage. And don't get me wrong, I love Jesse Leach. I think he's a phenomenal vocalist, and I liked him before and after uh, Howard. But Howard really made that band. Yeah, and, honestly, Howard so was like a
1: huge piece of how Killswitch blew up and they they really blew up in it seemed like the perfect time and with Howard at the helm for sure.
0: Definitely. And and so with this being more his project. I I, I don't I don't want to say his project, but like he's more at the helm on this one than he was with Killswitch mm-hmm. Engage and I feel like that comes through a little bit more where we see it's a little bit more of the uh, the beauty side of things whereas switch, it was it had a lot of elements of that, but first and foremost, they were a metalcore band. Yeah. The solo tone in this song is just ten
1: out of ten. Mint, I love it. It's <clears throat> the guitar tone just really throughout the record is Absolutely. fantastic. I can't argue. And the nice thing, like you kind of uh, continuing to toot the horn for Howard because he's a fantastic vocalist is. This song also sets a a strong expectation for this record and like he's not doing anything mind-blowing vocally he's not reinventing the wheel but this chorus slaps man <laughs> like he's it's so simple and he he does this a lot throughout the record and just the simplicity of it but it's like this is a really good chorus mm-hmm. like it, there's just no other way to put it
0: yeah absolutely uh, from there it goes ahead and jumps into the song let me fall apart um, this song leads really well uh, after the opening track like it still keeps it upbeat it shakes it up we see we see them beginning to implement those mild electronic elements mm-hmm. uh, just to add that flavor and it's again just a really catchy chorus and my only complaint about this song is that there's a ton of
1: really cool lead lines throughout the song that are just buried in the mix yeah. This is another. This is another example of what Lunar Halo was to me mm-hmm. f- for that era. Record. I. I remember. I mean, w- really soon after I listened to this record, is I had this playing in my car and I was just singing the chorus. Like it, it's just so catchy and it's. I love how the the first you know as it goes into, is the first maybe two syllables is it sounds like it's just Howard by himself. And then for the rest of that, each line is it seems like everything just shoots open. And it it almost sounds like it's like three Howards going at the same time. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I really... Um, really like those. So, and the the really cool thing is like the riffage on this one seems super simple. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it then allows Howard to really take this one over. So this one kind of felt, and you know, I don't want this to sound like I'm knocking the band, but this almost felt like the type of song that was like the Howard Jones project. Mm -hmm. But it, it, and I think it was because this band shows that they're a very cohesive unit is they're kind of looking at it as it more of like, we're going to let you take the front and we want, like, we want you to show what you can do, but it's like, we're not going to do this every song, but we want, this is the opportunity. Like we want to hand, you know, kind of just like, um, uh, like kind of movies sometimes where it's like the person will come up on the stage and it's just the one light just, and it's, you just see the, the beam of light just on, on the kid and the kid's just like, Hi. Like, th- th- that's what this song I kind of envisioned. That was a really long analogy. <laughs> that was a really long analogy to confuse me even further. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Howard Jones, this song, boom, there we go. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> go ahead and bring this into the next one. <laughs> so the next one we have is End of the World. And this is where we actually get to see a bit more of the return to the aggressive riffage. But it also brings in some of the elements from the prior song and how very sing-along-esque and kind of the big chorus, which I thought was really nice.
0: Yeah, so most metal songs... I, I shouldn't say most. So metal songs written in 6-8 aren't uncommon, um, but they're not everywhere either. It, it like, so it's just it's a very good use of the time signature and it shakes things up from its predecessors to add a cool just a, another cool element it's um it's definitely a contender for one of my favorite songs on the record okay and the I just I love the chorus of this song so much yeah but just like that that kind of almost swingy feel that six eight the six eight time signature kind of brings it just mm-hmm. it adds such a great element to this song. And I just, I can't get enough of this one
1: Yeah, no, this one was really good And I like how it's kind of like the, the most modern rock styled song on the record uh, But it doesn't ever feel out of place um, Following up is we have Wilting in the Light um, Which is actually the first single of the record Which I was actually a little bit shocked by once I was doing my research um, What are your thoughts, man? I think it's a great representation of what was to be expected from this album when they released it
0: if you were to ju- like, like if you were just to listen to the singles on this album, mm-hmm. it's in the race for my top song as well. Really, I, I, okay. I really like the song. The main riff throughout it is just super groovy and really cool, mm-hmm. and just I don't know something about this song
1: just really captures me and okay. I love it. Yeah, no, and I I do have to agree that this song. Is and especially like for when you look at it from a marketing standpoint, is them using this song to introduce the record to everybody is an absolutely genius move because it doesn't go, it's not like I can I kind of found this one. This one's not really up in my favorites. I still enjoy the song, absolutely, but it's one of those things where it's like we're gonna like kind of getting your toes wet. Um, kind of very very much dipping your dipping your toes into the water and so you uh, you understand what's coming but you're not getting the best part of the record yeah
0: absolutely like it th- this is a very good teaser like you like say getting your feet wet like mm-hmm. this is a great song for that for the rest of the record yep and i just I love it. It's a, it's a solid one, it's for a, sure. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> Um From there, after Wilting in the Light, it jumps into the song Death of Me, which is, I guess, what would be considered the title track for this one. Yeah. It's not, the, not the full title, but uh, effectively it is. Um, it definitely takes a shift and slows down the album a bit.
1: How are you feeling on this one, Matt? The first thing I kind of saw throughout parts of the song is some aspects where I was reminded of when Howard was in Killswitch. But I think really, the resemblances end in this song, and it was pretty minimal um throughout with the song that we see it. Uh, and I think this is probably the biggest chorus that we see throughout the record. And like we've seen up to this point, the choruses have um, similar to what architects that their record was is it seemed like every chorus, it just seemed to kind of fill the room when you listen to it. Mm-hmm. This was very much that kind of a chorus. And I think this is probably the one that fills up the room the most.
0: Yeah. The, the chorus is definitely catchy and also Howard screams and mm-hmm. me gusta. That <laughs> breakdown in there too mm-hmm. was really
1: good. I definitely, definitely was a fan of it.
0: Yeah, th- this one is... So, we, again, we we saw a return of the electronic elements just sprinkled in. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of how repetitive the song was, mm-hmm. and and that's going to be just a, an issue that I have with uh, several of these songs in here. But otherwise, like it was a decent song. I don't... Yeah. It's definitely not my
1: favorite, but it's definitely not the bottom for me. Yeah. No, I can, I can agree with that. I can kind of agree with that kind of positioning. Mm-hmm. Next up, we do have "Living with a Ghost," um, and I think when you actually look at at least the the vocal delivery and a little bit in the instrumentals, is this is kind of the most metalcore esque song of the record. I love this song. This like, is it, a it's good one.
0: So heavy, <laughs>
1: there and the. Um, There are a couple metalcore tropes that we were listening, you know, that were popped up in this song, and I thought I kind of laughed to myself when I heard it, and especially the um, the signature drum roll to signal that the breakdown's coming Mm -hmm. um, was one of the big ones, and I just kind of chuckled to myself. Um, I really like how it just. It doesn't feel out of place like where I kind of was seeing a lot more of the classic metal vibes is having like it be very much more kind of that instrumentally. And then having something with the the metal core of now and it being on the same record, it fit really nicely. Um, It is kind of middle of the road, but based on how good this record is. That's a pretty strong middle of the road.
0: Absolutely. Um, th- this is another one of my favorites on the record, personally. Um, it's absolutely just a pit opener, mm-hmm. and Howard just proves over and over again that he can still hang with the best metal vocalists that are out there oh, today. Oh, without a doubt. Um, when he's using his high range, screaming, what more do you want? Like, it just gives me chills.
1: Yeah, he's... And um, kind of as a, as a callback to switch is when he got to do the feature with Jesse on... Mm-hmm. Um, oh what's the name of the song um so like as we saw in the signal fire by kill switch when uh howard actually got to make a brief comeback is you got to see that howard still does have it um the only place that i feel like vocally at least screaming wise that he doesn't quite have it the same is a little bit more the lower range oh i'm gonna fight you it's and it's let, let let me let me backtrack this statement and kind of clarify.
0: Yeah, it. you better clarify, otherwise I'm gonna come so, over this table at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it almost sounds like in a way it his voice isn't as clean as it was kind of in the early kill switch days. Like there there's more grit to it, but it all it and it's Grit in a good way, but it also is like a grit and almost as if like there was like a, a, some damage done. And it's like almost a w- like a worn down kind of sound, which and I'm not saying that's <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But it definitely feels like there was something not quite the same as Howard back when he was in Killswitch. So once again, folks, we are taking applications
0: for a new co-host. <laughs> um, you can go ahead and send those in to tentaclebob at com, And uh, I will be able to review those and kick Matt out because Matt is clearly wrong in this situation, you heathen. Sweet, dude. <laughs> Before I get angrier, Matt, we're going to move on to the next song. Seems <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, Become the Martyr. I, so as I mentioned prior to, mm-hmm. I love Gothic Synth and Neo wave and all that kind of stuff. And they
1: just, they bring a lot of it in on the verses on this song. And yeah. I am about it. I hate to do it, but I think this might be my least favorite of the, tr- the record. But... There has to be one that goes to the bottom, and like I feel, I feel bad for putting it down at the bottom, but it, a song has to take the fall. I'm sorry. So this is my last episode, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, so I, I love that they incorporated that. The chorus is super powerful, and honestly, it's just another peak moment vocally for Howard on the album. And um, th- th- this is the one where it really started giving me the of beauty and rage uh, vibes from Red. Um, specifically the song the darkest side of me um it just we get heavy heavy uh, heaviness throughout the throughout the song and then like during the the bridge we get the a really nice helping of the backing vocalist Ryan Wambacker mm-hmm. uh over Jones' screams and I just I thought that was really cool and we get to see a little bit more of him as we go later into the record too yeah like, and he, he's very present there throughout the record mm-hmm. just in harmonies with uh, Howard right but this one here and um the the next song something deep inside we also see a really prevalent feature of him taking the the helm for those bridges
1: For sure. Yeah, no, I can. And so, and really the, the big thing, you know, and I'll I'll just kind of wrap up the thoughts on become the martyr. It's really this, like it keeps consistent with what we've seen throughout the rest of the record, but it just didn't stick out like some of the other songs. So that was another one of the reasons I wasn't like an overly big fan of this one. Um, but we'll jump right into something deep inside, which you had started to kind of allude to. Um, and it really, we start coming back to that high energy sound, um, or we come back to a more high energy sound like we have seen throughout the mm-hmm. rest of the record as opposed to this last song um and this honestly when i listened to this is it felt like a band that was around from the 1980s that had you know evolved over time and kind of caught, like caught up like I, again just classic really feeling like classic heavy metal in this one what do you consider classic heavy metal matt Uh, Like, you know, Judas Priest. Like, Judas Priest among many different bands. Um, That's just the first one that comes to mind. Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- this Fight is like me. just
1: super chunky riffing throughout the entire
0: song. And like, this is a song that I'm absolutely going to throw my back out to, headbanging to. This is Because fair. I'm an old man and my back is bad.
1: <laughs> Get off my lawn.
0: Exactly. And I hate that so much. So,
1: and I like the, I like how this has a really punchy chorus with a very simple drum beat, mm-hmm. um, which helps to kind of keep it moving. Um, and it doesn't, you know, it kind of keeps it from becoming stale. Um, yeah. And I really did enjoy that song for, th- this song for that reason. And that's one thing too, that, like I just, I really
0: want to point more praise towards the band themselves mm-hmm. is they managed to just hold back enough that like they, they truly show off the, the less is more uh, trope and music. Yeah. And I don't know, like, there's so many bands that fail to exemplify that. And I feel like this here is honestly one of the best examples of less is more in music. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still points in the album where all of the members in the band get to show off what they're capable of doing. yeah, As well as really add more to the record when it's needed. But at the, at the same time, they're also able to pull back in such a way that I feel like it even though it goes without saying that they're all super talented musicians, it really n- does need to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're able to do it in such a way that really aids to the record. Yeah. And uh, just, just once again, I just really got to like hand it to those guys.
1: Yeah. And, and, um and I'm sure I will be making, you know, make note of it when it does come up. But if you listen to all the guitar solos throughout the record is they're all less than like 20 seconds. They're mm-hmm. all very very brief. So you know, the, the less is more, that's exactly as you brought up. Um and I was you know, as a as a big fan of listening to uh, people just sitting there losing their minds shredding is th- I was disappointed, but it, it was like it, the little bit that I got in this record is I was like, okay, th- like that that was that was a really good solo even though it was a very short period of time. Um, which, again, is probably my only complaint listening through is I just wish the solos were longer.
0: And, and honestly, I'm actually kind of at the opposite end of that. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of, of uh, a solid groove than I am a solo. Okay. Um, a well-placed solo like they have in this record are, are done extremely well, and yeah. that's always a treat for me, uh, especially as a guitarist. But if it's just all solo, then it just it gets boring. Like, there, there's there comes a point where there's so much soloing and everybody's just trying to push the speed and mm-hmm. the complexity of solos that it just doesn't really have any sort of merit anymore. And yeah. I feel like the solos here when they're placed they're placed there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm okay with them being shorter and focusing more on the groove and the the feel and the the just the, the way that the song is meant to flow. Yeah. Um as opposed to just like these tech death metal guys, where it's just straight solos for the 40 minutes of an album, and right. that's all we get, and you can't really defer one guitarist from the other, and you can't really defer a verse from a chorus, from a bridge, from a, a second act, or anything like that. That's fair. So th- 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 that's where I come from on my stance with that. I'm not saying no. that like those guys are untalented by any means, and there's definitely a market for that. It's just not really for me, and I feel like this speaks more to the musicianship than if they were just to be shredding over every song. Right, okay. And that makes sense. Uh, from Something Deep Inside, we move into the song, I Hate Myself. Uh, Howard, you okay,
1: dude? <laughs> <laughs> The, and the, I think this was really the the first time that I had kind of seen it lyrically the kind of like he's apologi- apologizing for him hurting someone, um as I was kind of getting that vibe lyrically on this one, um and I like kind of how the speed and riffage are brought back down a little bit, but it never feels like they pull their foot off the gas.
0: Yeah, for this one for me the besides the dark lyrical content of the song, like there's not a ton to note about it for me. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad song by any means, it just doesn't really stick above the rest. And it's on the lower end. It's not my least favorite song on the album, which we'll get to, but it's just it doesn't really do anything
1: special to really catch my attention. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'll just kind of throw my my little bit of notes. Um, I will say that I definitely prefer this over "Become the Martyr" for uh when we look at like the slower songs. Um, I'm gonna continue while Gabe just <laughs> continues to make a disgusting face at me. Um, Howard bringing in the screaming vocals was a really nice touch. Um, as always, yeah, and it's it isn't. Um, the cool thing is it's for being. Uh, Oh, okay. I'm reading my nose, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. So the the cool thing about this is when he does come in with the screaming vocals, is it's not really just to try and be heavy, but it's to try and present this idea of pain. Um and I thought that was a really nice touch because like, you know, as we talked about before, is some bands they're just trying to be the heaviest, the heaviest who can do the best of this, who can do the best of that, who can. And, and when Matt says before as well, he, he's
0: referring to our last week's episode of the the tooth below record that we had re- reviewed. Thank you for
1: clarifying. <laughs> um, is, is like, this is actually trying to convey a message. Um, and I thought that was a really nice way of incorporating the screams into the song. Um, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, I haven't really put a placement for where this is on the record. Um, but we'll jump right into denying the sin. Um, I don't know about you, but the, I noticed the electronics got pushed forward real hard on this one. I I really liked it. Yeah.
0: Super about it. Like this is just another headbanger on the album.
1: Yeah. And the electronics provide a real major bounce to the riff that it's go, that has going on. Um, I really, li- and it's nice because it complements the instrumentals so well mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel like the, you know, it doesn't feel like the electronics are trying to um, kind of build an atmosphere. It doesn't feel like the instruments are trying to build that atmosphere compared to the electronics, but they both. It seemed to just fit together, like I said, just perfectly.
0: Yeah. The the breakdown on this song is super sick, and it's honestly my favorite on the record. Okay. Um, and then it just goes into this awesome-sounding wah solo that's just kind of the cherry
1: on top. And I just... I can't get enough of it. Yeah, no, I i definitely made a note of this solo. Um, and it was d- this is definitely the most unique of the entire record. And it, like it, it just stuck out mm-hmm. very much. Um, and then Howard just continues to kill it vocally, man. Like there's there's just no way to Why? Say, no way. Hey, Howard killing it on vocals, whoa, no way who'd <laughs> <laughs> uh and
0: then finally the last original song on the record we have Come Back to the Quicksand.
1: How you feeling on this one, Matt? To be completely honest, Gabe, I kind of want to go buy a lighter and just hold it in the sky. I, it, it's the first thing I thought of. Like, I literally just want to hold a lighter in the sky right now. I don't like this song. No? <laughs>
0: I don't. It, it's absolutely my least favorite on the album. It's uh, It never gets there for me, and the chorus melody just really rubs me the wrong way combine that with the repetitiveness and it's just it's going to be a song that i skip even honestly even the solo doesn't catch my attention all that much because he just did something with Wah, and it was the, the, the this one feels out of place on the record for me and i i do wish that it wasn't there for me personally
1: excuse me what mate <laughs> <laughs> i like this song
0: um so anyway, we're uh, taking uh, more applications here now to replace me for the podcast. I guess so we're just both ad- getting replaced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be replaced. And we're gonna start our own podcast about how this podcast is bad because now
1: the new people who took over worse. <laughs> <laughs> we're, go- we're gonna be the Benticle Top Podcast. Quit trying so hard. Give me your, I, give me a review. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I really like the main riff on this and how it doesn't do just the exact same thing that we've seen throughout the entirety of the record. It, it was able to provide its own identity. Um, I really do like the solo, um, which I feel like this one really brought the the cla- like classic rock, classic metal vibe uh, solo-wise. I get that. Um, and then I, like, if this were a song that were to be brought in the live shows is I can definitely see this being a sing-along one. Um, like you can just, I could just imagine Howard going and holding the mic out and just everybody yelling the come back to the quick Like I could I could see that happening. Oh no. What? When you sang that,
0: Matt, I feel, I, I felt for a second. Like, I was in, like, a high school production of a Disney movie, but adapted to a play with the way that that melody was because that was not the melody for the song whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Anyway, we're going to (laughs) go... I don't believe you. (laughs) Anyways, we will move on. Uh, Sign your name. 1980s power metal, anybody?
0: Yeah, so finishing out the album with a cover originally done by... Um, one two people uh, it's the artist who originally recorded it was Terrence Trent Darby um, who then changed his name and refers to Terrence Trent Darby as a different person and that person's new name is now Sananda Francesco Maitreya uh, who was a pop progressive soul artist who made it big in the late 80s early 90s and it was kind of akin to like Michael Jackson or Prince
1: and mm-hmm. Yeah, and this song was originally um, released in 1987, which I didn't realize until after I had made my notes for this song. Um, so that was a little bit of a shocker when I was trying to pull some information for this one. I
0: didn't realize that, too, on my first listen because I'd never heard this song before. Same here. And so I it, it was a relief to hear that it wasn't their song because mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of the lyric lyrical content. The,
1: it, the, and it, it's funny you bring that up because I remember the chorus of it, and I was like... This seems kind of weird for Howard. Exactly.
0: It, it was so off from the rest of the record that it didn't make sense until
1: you learned it was a cover. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because it was like after I listened to the song enough times as I kind of was just like, yeah, whatever. Um, Again, just because I, I had no idea. Um, but this one, I like how he re- the the band really kept the kind of ballady vibe to it. But because it's light the torch doing the cover, is there was the punch behind it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't. It never felt super just cheesy ballad. It was like there was just that little bit of just that kick in the pants where you're just like there's there's something to it. Yeah, the the original
0: song is this very stripped back kind of atmospheric uh like tribal kind of beat to mm-hmm. it and it's very just kind of light and light the torch still do it justice while delivering it in their their style yeah and it just i i feel like this is kind of while I don't particularly like the song mm-hmm. it's that that really just comes out of preference like they did a good job on their cover They of did it. a really good job the, on if, the it cover It feels like when we did the Love and Death record and they did uh the the, the, Let the me co- love you. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. Thank you. The Let Me Love You cover. Like, they did it justice by doing it in their style while still relating it to the original song. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Light like, the Torch have successfully like, capitalized on that. Yeah. And my personal feelings on the song are, are really by the wayside on this point because that's not what this is about. No. What they did with this song is they got me to listen to uh, presumably somebody who was a vocal influence on Howard or something that had some sort of emotional connection to somebody in the band. Otherwise, they wouldn't have bothered recording this. And so this got me to go in and listen to that. And I feel like that was their ultimate goal with that.
1: So funny you bring that up is you want to know the story about how this cover came to be. Enlighten me. So I can't remember, I, I apologize because I, I can't remember what the source was, but what had happened is I guess Howard had actually gone over to Francesco's house um, and it was Sananda's. Say that again? Sananda. Sananda, Francesco, Matrina No, no, no. Uh, Fra- uh, Francesco, the guitarist. Oh, gotcha. Um, so Francesco and his wife. Yeah, so so <laughs> now another week clear. So um, Howard had gone over to Francesco and his wife's house, and I guess Francesco was a really big fan of cooking um, and had been cooking dinner. Well, Francesco had – the song had been playing, the Sign Your Name, um, and Howard had listened to it, and he kind of brought up that he liked the song, and he, um, he had kind of presented the idea like – I think we could do a cover of this kind of thing. Like kind of was the, the gist of the story. And I was reading that and I was like, that's actually really cool. Like how that ended up coming yeah. to be.
0: That is kind of neat. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very wholesome, if you Absolutely. will. Absolutely.
0: And we always love wholesome.
1: We're all, I mean, Howard we're not Jones very is just a
0: wholesome dude in general. He, he is. You
1: know who's not? Us too. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> so that wraps up our track by track breakdown um, of the Light the Torch record. And what we'd like to do is we like to rate it on a scale of one to eight tentacles. Um, and just to kind of give our thoughts on this one, Gabe, why don't you start us off? Uh, so this one for me is, is going to sit at a six out of eight. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: the more and more I listened to it, the more and more I just fell in love with it again. Mm-hmm. And I just, when I first listened to it, like it was good and that was really it. And then I kept listening to it and kept listening to it and it just kept growing on me. And I kept mm-hmm. finding more and more things that I just fell in love with. Yeah. I fell in love with the simplicity. I fell in love with Howard. Not, not that I really needed the help with that. <laughs> um, I, I fell in love with just the overall writing and the style And the the phrasing of the songs, Mm -hmm. and um, it's not a perfect album for me, and it's not it's it's not particularly my style Mm -hmm. uh, necessarily. I I do, as noted previously before, like I do prefer a little bit more chaos in in my music. But that being said, like this was still an absolute powerhouse of an album it's definitely one that i would recommend for anybody trying to get into light the torch and it's definitely one that i would recommend for anybody who's just trying to get their feet wet and heavier music okay um so
1: I- i'm sitting at a six out of eight on this one how are you feeling I'm, I'm sitting right in the same spot six out of eight um really solid record this actually comes in right behind the bear Tooth record in my top favorites for the year um, if, numbers one and two are a little t- um uh, tough to say, but like as as of this point, is it's probably Love and Death, Era, uh, Beartooth, and then Light the Torch for my top four. Um, I'm really really happy about this one. Howard sounded amazing. Um, and I, I do really enjoy listening to him sing. He's he, just a fantastic clean vocalist. I will be completely honest. I do miss him to an extent in Killswitch, but you know that's a, a conversation for another time. And um, I think that ship is um, you know sailed a, a long time ago. But I will have zero issue coming back to this record. Is there's a lot of things that I really enjoyed about it, and it's just going to be another one of those records where it's I'll listen to and like. There might be the songs that are just not as good as others, but. I, I don't see anywhere that I'd skip over. Absolutely. Uh, but that is going to do it for the Light
0: the Torch record, You Will Be the Death of Me. Uh, now we're going to go ahead and jump into the hidden track where Matt and I
1: discuss something outside of the, this uh, this record. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us this week? So today I actually want to talk about the new single um, released by the band Make Them Suffer. It's called Contraband. Um, and this one was released on June 24th, 2021. And it features Courtney LaPlante from Spirit Box. Um, Listen, I could sit here and talk and just geek out about how great of a vocalist Courtney is. Um, She comes in. She kills it. She does her signature kind of mid-lower scream. Um, She does some high stuff. um, But she kills it. Um, Moving on. The thing that bothers me the most about this is the Hold on. Before
0: you move on here, I think that was the least amount of airtime that you've ever spent talking about Courtney
1: LaPlante. (laughs) Gabe, considering you gave me a hard time about geeking about Courtney Courtney Laplante, I mean, I had to cut it. But (laughs) she, she is like her section again is just her doing what she does best. But she, her part wasn't the thing that really instilled any sort of emotion. The most, the thing that instilled the most emotion is the chorus, and my God, did it bother me! So don't get me wrong the melody is fine the instrumentals are fine the lyrics I don't I don't know what it is but the specific line so tell me why you're killing all your friends It turned me off so hard. And it's like, as I actually read the lyrics, which is contraband won't protect you when there's a contract on your head. So tell me why you're killing all your friends. So you kind of break it down and take it at face value as it somehow implies a somebody who's on the run because they're like a drug dealer. Again, taking it completely at face value but it's just this so tell me why you're killing all your friends line it just bothers me so much and it's the thing that stuck out immediately with the song um pushing the pushing the the chorus out of the way is the, the lead vocalist uh, with his screams is we get to see really quick into the song, his ability to hit the a really solid mid-tone, he hits highs in there really quick, and then coming in at the end where he does these just low growls, and it's somehow, he seems to bring himself lower and lower and lower the more the song goes, and... Uh, fantastic job the piano accents the song really well um overall pretty good song it's just again the chorus bothers me the most
0: i disagree (laughs) (laughs) this song was fantastic um the chorus that you hate so much this song is extremely political Mm -hmm. and so like it's basically talking about people who refuse to follow along COVID guidelines Mm -hmm. and so that's what's killing their friends
1: Hmm. and so when you think about it that way you're wrong (laughs) i mean so like it it makes sense with the you know kind of lyrically and like once i actually kind of read read the lyrics is i was like okay it's kind of like it's not as terrible but it's like this
0: another thing to consider here Mm -hmm. and um this is Honestly, not something that I would really expect most people to know. So, Make Them Suffer is from Australia. Okay. And Australia's lockdown procedures have just been nothing short of just disgusting. Like, they are, at some points in in certain provinces or states, I I don't know exactly what they call them because I'm ignorant American, um, they have been just short of basically like what McCarthyism was in the fifties, where it's just like people going out. Okay. You call your neighbor and the police are going to be showing up as to why they're going outside. If they're not out for a five or 10 minute run, like they had specific guidelines on when you could go out of your house and that kind of stuff. And people would call on you if that were the case in, in certain parts of it. And I may be over-exaggerating a little bit, but I mean, it's the internet. What it just blows up everything. Yeah. And so, that's where a lot of I feel like a lot of the anger and a lot of the the lyrical content kind of comes from that, mm-hmm. um, where it's like like these lines like except to save yourself at the expense of another, uh, or sorry, uh, let me back up here. Regress, go figure. No answers except to save yourself at the expense of another. And then the contraband won't protect you. Contraband relating to the uh, the I- illegal goods. So in this case, the illegal goods being um, visiting people or mm-hmm. going out to eat or things things of that nature. Things that are not really illegal but at the same time were for them and the contract on your head meaning the the, the contract that they had to deal with with their governments and their lockdown procedures because they couldn't seem to get it together Mm -hmm. and 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 then so tell me why you're killing all your friends just relating to the okay you're doing this for selfish reasons why won't you do this why won't you follow these procedures so we can all be together again. Yeah. And so that that's where I feel like you're a little bit wrong on the lyrical content. And okay. I could be taking it completely out of context
1: here. And, and, and I mean, if you if you look at it, and especially they want you dead, they want you buried, they want you signed, sealed, and delivered. I mean, is it kind of if you look at it again at, at face value? And I I you know I had d- really done hadn't done any research, and I ha- don't really follow. Make them suffer. Um, I know the name, and I, I I know that they've been around for some time. Is, yeah, Matt, solely listen to this song for Courtney Courtney Laplante.
0: <laughs> One of these days, you're gonna meet her and like. You're just going to be so. You're either going to be like so dumbfounded that you're just going to like pass out, or you're going to go ballistic where you get escorted out by security. (laughs) It's going to be one of the two. There is no in between. (laughs) I don't appreciate being attacked like that. Don't appreciate the truth. That's what you don't appreciate.
1: (laughs) Anyways. But like, you look at. If you look at the the lyrics at face value. And again, I just had not done any research into the song. I just kind of just jumped into it. Hadn't really done any looking into make them suffer just because, uh, up until, um, up until now is like, I really just knew them by name. I really hadn't dug into their material, Um, is you kind of look at it as it sounds like there's some sort of relation to cartel, um, or just kind of like the kind of underground, um, crime kind Mm -hmm. of business. Um, so that's really kind of why I was looking at it. And again, you know, I get that. Yeah. So it it, it may be a case where you know it may be a situation where you you you're absolutely correct that's what they're um you know that's what it was influenced on and that's what the the lyrics are based off of it's just i i had no idea because i just i I had just never done the research again because i'm an ignorant ignorant american (laughs) exactly um what do you got
0: for the hidden track this week Uh, so this week i want to highlight the band carpathia um so there are a a female front rock band i I should really backtrack. We did a whole two episodes on how we shouldn't call things female-fronted. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about the the band Carpathia. Um, they released a single back in April called Armonica that was, like, super heavy. So their, um, their vocalist is a female, and she honestly rivals Courtney LaPlante in her screams. mm mm-hmm. um, just phenomenal. Yeah. I I highly recommend this band to, to really anybody. Like they just they have this really cool kind of atmospheric vibe to them, mm-hmm. while also still being heavy. And while harmonicas, is the heaviest stuff that they've actually ventured into date, uh, this isn't one of those. This is their heaviest material, and then they just have a breakdown. Like this is genuinely heavy compared yeah. to their
1: previous material. And, and you actually sent me the song, uh, so I, I can actually vouch for for the fact that it is a heavy song. It's a really really solid track. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it, it's just, it, I, I really am enjoying this band.
0: Um, I'm hoping to see, I, to see a lot more from them. Um, mm-hmm. They, they have some songs. Uh, they released an EP back in 2019 as well. as so they've had a couple singles since then. Um, even with, uh, with one releasing on June 29th that I completely miss and I need to listen to. Oh really? I guess that was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I missed that. Now I need to listen to yeah. it. But um, yeah, I just, uh, yesterday as of recording this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I just, I, I really want to just kind of put them out there. They're kind of uh, like War of Ages is to me. Mm-hmm. War of Ages really needs to be heard more. And I discussed yeah. this at length in our last episode, but um, I feel like this band also needs to kind of be put in the spotlight a little bit as really the, um, the metal core and just heavy metal in general is very male dominated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of that is just, the, the gates being kept way too hard yeah, and that we need to allow some of these awesome female fronted bands mm-hmm. to, to really be able to breathe because they bring something so cool and so fresh to the genre yeah. that it's doing ourselves a disservice by not really letting them peek through. Like obviously certain ones like Courtney LaPlante and spirit box and formerly make uh, I wrestled a bear ones. Like they're doing something and they're doing it right. Yeah. But we need more of it. They can't, there can't just only be one because then at that point it's a novelty mm. They need to be good because they're good. And fortunately, Spirit Box is that. Yep. But there's also a whole allotment of other uh, bands that have a female at the helm mm-hmm. that put in twice the work and get half the half the results that yeah. a lot of these these male fronted bands do. And I feel like that's just like I said, we're doing it a service to ourselves and I really gonna keep just like pushing this. And one day we'll get there. <laughs> one, one day,
1: and, and and you know, and it, it's sad because there are some of these female, uh, you know, these bands that are fronted by females, and the female vocalists are better than a lot of the male vocalists that we have in the scene. In some instances, Courtney Plant can sit there and you know brawl with the best of them in in a lot of ways is better than a lot of the the males in the scene now and the same thing goes with Carpathia. Um so I, I would definitely love to see more from them and um you know hopefully if once they announce a full length record as we can do a review of that here on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. And just kind of one more thing to to add before we finish up here is a lot of that issue both both comes from gatekeeping metalheads where they're just no, this is heavy metal. Isn't for women. They're not heavy enough. They they can't be brutal enough. They don't have the same weight, which is entirely inaccurate. Yeah. But that aside, um, there's also the just over sexualization of them, which is just Butcher disgusting.
1: It, being the first, the first big example in this moment, kind well, yeah, of doing well. Yeah, and the same. so like
0: there's the artists that are leaning into that mm-hmm. because I mean. It, there's no hiding at sex cells. Yeah. But the, just uh, the the sexualization from the audience uh, projecting that onto the the band members, whether they want it or not. And Icon for Hire uh, was just another uh, really solid band that's fronted by a female. Um, They do a whole, and they have an entire song about this where it's just talking about how being a a woman in the music world is just so demeaning Mm -hmm. and how you either make it big by, by by flaunting uh your your sexual organs and by trying to just appeal to that desire from people rather than it being actually about the music and about what you're doing and about your talent and it's Mm. it's taking away from the music and unfortunately i don't really know a way out of that because mm, humans and males in general are just degenerate disgusting things and there there need, there needs to be a fix and i don't have the answer for that unfortunately um, other than just be better yeah and if it without going on a really long tangent on this one i'm gonna go ahead and stop myself just be better people
1: (laughs) yeah and um you know and kind of you know wrapping that up and i i you know i have to agree with that but um you know just to kind of wrap everything up thank you guys so much for tuning in um you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts uh whether that be apple music google Podcasts, Podbean, um or even amazon music in spotify um definitely do feel free to like rate us and subscribe keep uh listening to us so way we can hopefully do this more uh, more frequently and hopefully professionally would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, we also do have social medias up. We have an Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, as well as a TikTok, all under Tentacle Bop. So you guys can definitely go find us, like, subscribe, follow, um, whatever it is that those. And not social Twitter, because Twitter is icky. No Twitters. <laughs> um, and again, thank you guys so much. Um, definitely, again, like I said, like, rate, subscribe, and we'll catch you in the next one. See you later you oh.